going to do a talk here uh, about thank you notes. In fact, we're going to do three of them in a series. And we just think that it's an opportunity to give thanks leading into Thanksgiving and to maybe look a little deeper into what it looks like. Now, I was told when I was first going into ministry that I needed to keep a collection of encouraging notes. In fact, I was told at a leadership conference, they said, hey, as a pastor, oftentimes you're going to just get your teeth kicked in because hurting people hurt people and you're going to be serving hurt people. And so you need to keep, this is my encouragement when I'm going into ministry, right? Oh, sound, yeah, keep me signed up for that, right? Anyway, I was uh, still kept going and I was like, this is what we we're supposed to call the file, boys." So I have an attaboy file, literally, I do, and in there I'll put thank you notes. Some that are made out to Thad, or some that are made out to Open Life, specifically like here, Open Life. And uh, I've, every once in a while you need to dip into the attaboys, the thank you notes, and be encouraged by the words that come back. And sometimes it doesn't even take words, maybe you were here a couple weeks ago and saw this, but... This is the biggest thank you card in the Attaboy file. It came at the beginning of this year. Um, and it is huge. It's from Liberty Ridge Elementary School. It's from their kindergartners, and they put their handprints on it, right? And it says, thank you, Open Life, because you gave school supplies to them. And so it's a huge thank you. Doesn't that make you feel fluffy inside, right? It's huge. It's awesome. It's like you can put it on Instagram and stuff. So that's a big thank you note. Or another one, I, I was just digging through it. And another one, if you recognize this, the Charity Water logo, one of our strategic partners. We've given thousands of dollars to them over the course of the almost eight years now that Open Life has been in existence. And it's a little thank you to the fact that there are people living around this world, specifically like in Ethiopia this year that we got this, there are people living because they have clean drinking water that the generosity of open life provided them. And there's going to be people alive. Like it was life and death because of the waterborne illnesses that exist there. Life or death. And it's a thank you note because like we helped people find life. Sometimes we just take our giving as like, well, it's a generous moment I'm going to give. But like, no, literally, like people are going to live because you gave, and so it's one of those notes thanking us for all that uh, we've done. And then I have my all-time thank you note, um, favorite thank you note here. Kind of plain, right? Pretty simple. It's not huge. But I've talked about it before, but for those of you that are new, I'll tell the story. One of our first acts of generosity as Open Life was to replace a window in uh, the Bonnie Lake Peekabrew bikini barista shop across the street. We started at uh, the Regal Theater, and uh, so across the street from us was a bikini barista shop that somebody had thrown a rock through their drive through window, and there was like caution tape all around it, and, and they were trying to like, you know, project a message of, we don't want you here, so we're going to break your window. And if you know the Bible at all, there's a story in the Bible that talks about not throwing stones at people. And so it was kind of applicable that we would uh, just send a note of encouragement to them, 
that they're loved. We didn't agree with the message behind whoever threw the rock. And here was some money to help replace the window. And so we got this thank you note. And it says, Thad and Open Life, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your generous donation toward our broken window repair. We so appreciate the sweet gesture. Wishing you blessings from Peekaboo's owner and staff. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? That was one of the more awkward donations I've ever made. Driving up to the window with a bunch of cash. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, no, no. Yeah, just I don't need anything. Just giving you money. Uh, Don't look at the envelope. Don't look at me. I'm not looking at you. No, I'm not. I'm not looking at you. Just generate. Bless you in the name of Jesus. It was awesome. And uh, but sometimes you know, and getting encouraging notes and just remembering why we exist to bless those who think the church is against them. No, we're for you. We're for our city. We're for people. We love people. And uh, and then there's other notes that you just keep around to, to you know bring you back down to the level you belong on. You know, notes that are encouraging, totally encouraging, but yet they have a just kind of a a tone of like. Humility involved in them. I, I keep this one. Uh, another simple one, the sparklies. Sparkly, beautiful sparkly card. And it uh, just said, I, I spoke at a school, uh, at an assembly. And it says, thank you for inspiring the students at this school. I'll leave the school unmentioned. Your speech, um, uh, with your speech, says, you did a good job. Thank you. I was like, oh, this is awesome, okay? How do you take that, right? I mean, I, I was like, initially, you're like, good job. Oh, man, I, it was an inspiring word. I was kind of hoping for like, that was amazing. Or like, uh, man, it was just, your pontificating was extraordinary. Or, you know, you've got these like, your pride wants to hear these like, it blew my mind. You're amazing. We want you every year. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad. You know, it's kind of, depending on the mood, you could read that one and just go, I, I, I need to not read my own press. I need to pull this card out and just go, this is good. And, uh, you know, you did your best. <laughs> All those phrases that you would say if you're just trying to encourage someone. So anyway, I keep that one too and keep it around. And yet good isn't bad. It's not great. But it's interesting, good is the word God used when he created the earth and when he created man. He said, it is good. So I guess good is good. And we could be encouraged, right? Thank you notes help us process stuff like this. And it's not the satisfied that are thankful. It's the thankful that are satisfied. And we're going to dive into all the good that comes from thank you notes over the course of the next three weeks. John 10.10 says in the second half of this verse, my purpose, this is Jesus speaking, he says, my purpose is to give them, so them is you and me, everybody after he said it, right? My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Oh, that sounds good. It sounds good, right? To be satisfied. Not a life of regret, not a life that is full of worry or fear, anxiety, not a life that is trying to keep up and is behind, 
Not a life filled with unforgiveness or bitterness, anger, satisfied. I don't know. When I think of the word satisfied, I think of a great meal. You know, you pick a place to eat. Let's say you were in charge of it. You get there. You order. It's the best portion. It's amazing. When they come after the dinner, they're like, would you like dessert? You're like, oh, no. I'm satisfied. Right? And not only that, if you're the one that picked it out, you're like, everybody's going, oh, this is good. This is really good. This is good. This is good. Then you're like, you're satisfied in here and in here because you made the right decision, right? Jim, like the cupcakes at groups on Wednesday, right? Everybody, I tell you what, we had these cupcakes at our group. We were celebrating a birthday there. and People are biting into these cupcakes and they're just going, oh. The whole room, you're just like, oh, these are, oh, these are good. You know, and you're just like, this is hilarious. I wanted to film it. But it's just satisfied. No regrets. I have done well. So that's that. Satisfied. That's what Jesus' desire is for us. Well, how do we get there? Colossians describes it. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Overflow with thankfulness. Well, something to thank God for. It's like, thank you, God, that you gave us hearts that are capable of overflowing with thankfulness and for satisfying our souls within our current realities so to be even more thankful in the future it's like it just keeps getting more thankful our big idea is simple today every good thing comes from god every good thing comes from god it begins through your relationship with jesus that's the foundation, right? Colossians just said that's the foundation. Just as you accepted Christ. And, and I guess then you would have to say, have you? Have you made that decision to, to say, okay, I'm reading the scripture and maybe you've yet to enter into it. You jump into like John. There's this New Testament half of the Bible. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talking about Jesus. And you're reading about God's love for you and he sent Jesus. And you're wondering, should I cross this line of faith? Well, when you do... A root goes down into a foundation for your life that is stronger than any happiness or momentary emotion. It's beautiful. That's what's being spoken of in Colossians. Accept Jesus. Make a decision to follow Jesus is the challenge there. Make it today if you haven't. And as soon as you make it, go public with that decision. Well, what do you mean? The Bible speaks of going public with your faith by identifying yourself with Christ and the way they did it in Scripture, and we still do it today. We're going to do next Sunday at the end of service. It's called water baptism. We, it's a symbol of dying to self and raising to life through Jesus by submersion in water. It's a cool moment. You should pray about being a part of it if you've never done it, and yet you've made a decision to follow Jesus. But that... There are people who have good things in this world. They're doing awesome. 
They're doing well, but their root, there's no way they're rooted in Jesus. There's no way they're rooted the way Colossians is saying. But yet, they're overflowing with stuff. Like, what's the story there? I would say, yeah, there are, obviously. But is stuff ruling them, or are they grateful and blessed with stuff? We have to consider, what are we chasing after? The deeper the roots go into the source of all that is good, the more we will overflow with thankfulness, is what this is saying. And if our roots are going into our desires or stuff or the world around us versus Jesus, our foundation could get rocky, is what this is challenging us to. In a world that lacks thankfulness, if we're overflowing with thankfulness, we're going to shine. Like, if we're just grateful, people will think one of two things. One, we're weird because we're so grateful about everything. Or two, man, they're genuinely grateful. They'll figure that out over time, right? They're grateful for what's happening in their life. If we overflow, it seems that the more thankful we become, the more our roots grow in Jesus. At least for my life, that's totally true. Our satisfaction increases. And therefore, we're even more thankful And this process of growing in thankfulness just continues and continues and continues to bubble up. Some thoughts for you today on thankfulness. The the first one, our first instinct is to want what we don't have. That's a way to uh, spoil thankfulness, if you would, right? Is to want what you don't have. To reach for what we don't have have we put our roots in the wrong places like we think that our security or our happiness is in that because what we have just isn't good enough we're always wanting we're always desiring and longing (laughs) at groups wednesday night ed was telling a story about a verizon customer he was working with that had to purchase out their, their iPhone 8 Plus so that they could have the iPhone 10 when it came out for their 11-year-old. And I was just going, wow, that's like, a, that's like a MacBook Pro in the hands of an 11-year-old. I just, you know, we tried to make our children the last ones with a mobile phone, and uh, it's a slight bit of torture. I remember hearing stories, they'd come home from school, and somebody's phone was ringing in their backpack, and they're like, you know how students say it. We're the only ones without a phone in our backpack. And it was ringing, and everybody had to go to their backpacks, and we were the only ones sitting there not going to our phones. And we are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like half the class, half the class. I remember later talking to their teacher, and all of a sudden their teacher sharing that same story. And they were the only ones sitting there without a phone. And we were like, oh, it's just, wow, girl, sucks to be you, but you'll really appreciate it when you get one. So take care of it. And so, you know, it was just interesting. But so you hear that story and you're just going, we've got to have what's next. We've got to have what's best. And we can give into that pressure to live up to, to compare to, to fit in. And the cycle begins, right? And the cycle begins younger and younger you know, I want to be as skinny as that image I see 
on, on the magazine. I want to be, uh, I want to have as much money as the neighbors have. I want to be in the same seats that they're at at the Garth Brooks concert so that my Instagram feed has that picture of Garth in the background waving, you know, or whatever. Um, I would personally never want to be at a Garth Brooks concert. Sorry, all you who like country music. Dear Lord, not me. Okay, moving on. Uh, but, you know, I just shut, half the room just shut me off right there. You're like, okay, well, is it going to snow harder? I got to get out of here. Can we get back up to Tahale? So, uh, no, here's the deal. Uh, we long for these things and we see these things and this imagery is before us all the time and we're reaching out for things we can't afford and introducing ourselves to stresses we were never intended to carry. And that just robs us of thankfulness. Never let the things you want blind you to the things you have. Anyone who has everything will tell you that everything does not bring happiness. Those with the most resources in the world, those who have it all, what do they say matters? Time, relationships, loved ones, opportunities to serve others, to give back, the ability to love. All these intangible things that all of us have right now. Right now. It's easy to hear this and think, well, I don't have an issue with this, Thad. I don't have an issue with being jealous or envious of others. I am, uh, I am totally comfortable. Or I, I, I thank people when I get a gift. I write the note, right? But the reality is in the rise of social media, I think we have grown in a spirit of envy or jealous, jealousy that we might not recognize. We're always comparing ourselves even more with the imagery we see or the, the happy picture. See, they're always happy. Well, they're smiling the same as we are for the happy picture, right? It's like, shut up. You shut up. No, you smile. It's time to smile. Look at the screen. You didn't look at the screen. I'll beat you when we get home. I'll give you candy when we get home. I'll pay you when we get home. Okay, smile. Smile. Oh, look how happy that family is. They always smile. You didn't see what happened before or after the picture, right? It's kind of interesting to figure out, well then, man, how do we become content? Well, thought two, contentment shows us how to be thankful right now. So we got to get to contentment, right? One of the, the keys here is to not try to recreate the past successes and not to just dwell on the future desires and maybe be thankful for our current success or our current life, our current blessings, the things that are around us right now. If we can have gratitude for now, we'll find contentment. Philippians 4 says it this way, starting in verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now, or not that I have ever, that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. 
For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Interesting, we often use that text in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we'll tackle a task. But that, that verse is birthed out of this dialogue of contentment in every situation. In plenty or in want. How are you doing at living in every situation? Not just through it. Paul, as he's writing to the Philippians, says, living in every situation. We've got to live in the circumstances and still be content. Not living in the past, not living in the future, living in the present. Being present right now. My weakness, personally, is looking to the future. I'm not a big dwell on the past, the glory days. Uh, Man, if only it was like that again. I I don't do that very often. But what I will do is look at the visions I've had for the future and the ideas I have for the future and dwell on those so much that I'm lacking content or appreciation with the current realities that I'm living in. And so I think my discipline personally is reminding myself to slow down and think now instead of five to ten years from now. Appreciate the, the, the favor and blessing now and not think, oh, I wonder what the favor and blessing now is going to lead to in five to ten years. Right? Part of that's my role, I'd say, like in, in life, in community, in church, is being vision. Envision, and so you're always thinking future, but appreciating the now. Like just going, wow, we are blessed. Like we're so incredibly blessed. And for thanking those around us that have led to the blessings. When we live in reflection of what we had to too intense of a degree, we're going to live in, in sorrow now. When we live... In such a way that we just, we, we miss all that we could be thankful for here if our lens is only the future. It's like driving a car and either you're focused too much on the rearview mirror that you have an accident. Or you're focused so much on the windshield that you miss the people in the car with you. And the blessings and the family that's raising up right around you. God wants us to enjoy right now. We've got to find a way to do it. And contentment does not mean idleness. It means understanding our place in the scheme of God's great plan for our lives right now. Thanks, God, that we get to be here right now in this season. Thought three, thankfulness has to be communicated. Are we truly thankful if we don't communicate that thankfulness to somebody? Interesting to consider, right? Every week, the staff of Open Life, you know, we're in two different spots. We have a campus in Sumner and a campus here. So we're trying to communicate, like, what happened, and tell the story of the campus, tell the story of people's lives and the impact that's being made. And, and so we have this little practice that we do um, that's called plus minus plus. Uh, where we, we say an encouraging thing and maybe something that could use improvement and then another encouraging thing. And oftentimes those things involve people. Like we'll, we'll share stories of, man, 
you know, Mandy has grown as a worship leader. She's doing incredible. She sounded awesome. And Peter and John were rocking out this Sunday. And, you know, we'll write these things to ourselves as a staff. But do we translate that then to those individuals? I mean, we do that as family, right? We'll sit there and we'll talk about what happened in school today. The girls come home. They appreciate what happened in school and, and how much fun they had and learning and their education. They're just so grateful about their principal in their school and, uh, and their teachers. And they, they, they're, they'll talk about, how, right? And they just, and I'm like, girls, let's sit down right now together and let's just, let's write a thank you note to all these teachers for the exams that they wanted to give you the day after Hall Halloween when you're tired. No, anyway, uh, being a little cynical there. But the reality is, we'll talk about things that we're encouraged about around us all the time, whether it be a coach making a difference in our life, a teacher making a difference in our life, an employee making a difference, uh, you know, co-worker making a difference. Do we take the time to let them know about the conversations we're having because we're thankful? I mean, if you get down to it, like, we're thankful. But without communicating that, we're missing what that thankfulness can do. They've got an attaboy file at home that might be empty if we don't write the card. And it's kind of funny. In our home, Dana, my wife, teaching the kids back there, she uh, is the reminder of thank you notes. In our home. Because it's not natural. I just got to tell you, it's a discipline for me. It's natural for her. She'll like, she'll have like, she'll buy boxes of thank you notes that look cool from Costco or wherever, you know. And it's just like this box, oh, which one? It looks best here for this situation. I'm like, wow, how did you do that, you know? Um, she's up at a cricket printing things out to make it all nice. I'm just going, I'm, I'm not there, but yet I am reminded because she's the thank you note reminder. Hey, did you say thank you? Uh, to your parents for the gift they got you? Oh, yeah. Um, I totally thank you for the gift, mom and dad. Yeah, I sent that. I totally did that. Did you write it? Did you send them a card? Uh, text card. I don't know if they text, but, you know, I'm bad at it. So she keeps me on task. She keeps me right there. And, and so we have the thank you notes, and, and she's the reminder of that person that needs a thank you. Who do you have in your life that could do that for you? Do you need to be that person in your home? Because we need the discipline of being a thankful people and writing it down. Do you catch yourself sharing a story of thankfulness and realize, yeah, I never wrote them. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be fancy at all. In fact, this card right here, from Peekabra, my favorite card. This is simple. Interesting enough, though, on the front of it, it says kindness. Let me read a passage for you. Philippians 4, 14 through 17. Even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were only the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when, I raised, uh, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, catch this, 
I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Kindness. I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. When you're thankful, it's like God gives us a reward. It's amazing that a bikini barista shop would get that in town. Right? Why? Because they're people created in the likeness and image of God who he loves. And they've been gone for years. But I think their message is clear. They understood their God-given creation and the reality that kindness makes a difference. God wants us to be thankful. He wants us to be content. He wants us to be satisfied. All good things come from him, and he wants us to be rooted in all of that. And it seems that we could be amazing at being cynical or being amazing at being put-downs in the world we live in. We can be opposed to this and dialogue about this and debate about this and stand up for our rights about this online and protest this, but are we thankful? Because it's thankfulness that leads to kindness, that leads to life, that's really worth living right if we want to experience more to life and that's what Jesus came to offer more of life satisfaction life to the full comes through being thankful and God's so amazing he sends us a model for that he shows us models of kindness throughout the text of scripture but one of the most beautiful examples is Psalm 23 Psalm 23 maps it out as the psalmist David is writing a thank you note to God. And listen to this thank you note. Verses 1 through 6 he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. Sounds content, right? He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid, for you are close beside me. So, right, even in want, even in the darkest moment, I'm content. I'm content. I will not be afraid. You're beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me. By anointing my head with oil, my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That is a thankful heart. That is somebody filled with satisfaction. That is somebody filled with gratitude. In a season where they're being pursued to be killed. Putting that in writing. Unbelievable. Our action point is simple this week. Write a thank you note. Write a thank you note. So you might have to go to somewhere and purchase the thank you notes. You can make a thank you note. Again, the note itself is not the importance. It's the content of said note. Don't wait until Thanksgiving to tell someone or to tell God for that matter that you're thankful. Be grateful today. 
add a note to someone's attaboy file this week. It doesn't have to be decorated or you don't have to get out the cricket and make it all pretty and fancy. Simply write a kind word and watch not only what it does for the person you hand it to, what it does to the person giving it will overflow with thankfulness, will experience the reward. If you're online, it's in your notes, but if you have the physical piece of paper or on the screen, it's not. Proverbs 11.25 says this, and I want to leave this in your head before I pray today. It says the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Thankful people are amazingly refreshed. And that's what we desire for your heart, your life. God, I thank you for everybody here today. They dared Snowvember to get here. The whiteout of November 2017. Lord, I just pray that you had blessed their hearts today. And not just today, but that, Lord, you will awaken a thankful people. You'll help us pause and think right now and weigh the satisfaction of our spirit, our life, weigh our contentment level, our ability to be content whether we're in want or whether we are blessed. And the Lord will be able to take a look at our life and become even more grateful than we could ever imagine. God, I know some in this room, if they're going to reach that spot, need to make a decision to follow Jesus. To pause and say, Jesus, I'm going to choose to follow you as my Lord and Savior today. I want my roots not to be in the things that go away, the things that come and fade. I want my roots to be in the thing that will last not only now, but for all eternity. And that's in a relationship with Jesus. And so God, I pray that somebody would cross that line of faith today and invite you into their life. And they begin to grow those roots. Deepen those roots and become more and more thankful. Overflowing with thankfulness. And God, for the rest of us who just get too busy to write that card or don't work it into our schedule, help us to become more disciplined and then that discipline lead to loving the behavior of being thankful. May that thank you card impact somebody's life in such a beautiful way that we would hear stories of its impact following this week. In Jesus' name we pray.